you're listening to Brain Attack Music. Episode 3. Yes, recovery is boring. This is Andy Dovey. Oh, hello and welcome to episode 3. Previous episode, if you've listened to it, I was talking a little bit about the use of the word recovery and how I prefer the use of the word improvement. And I mentioned a book called Stronger After Stroke by a guy called Peter Levine. And Peter says in that book that in his experience, and this is somebody who's worked for 25 years or so with stroke survivors, he says that in his experience, the brain attack survivors that make the best improvements are athletes and musicians. It's an interesting observation, I thought. So why does somebody with all this experience of working with stroke survivors, brain attack survivors, why do they say something like this? Well, it's because athletes and musicians are used to doing boring, repetitive tasks over and over and over again, measuring their progress, which is normally very slow, very incremental. And if you've ever learnt a musical instrument or sport and played it at a reasonably competent level, standard, you'll, you'll know what I mean. And this is actually a very good analogy to making improvements after a brain injury. It's about lots of boring, repetitive tasks with very slow, incremental improvements. It's not a quick fix. It's not like picking up a guitar and learning a few chords and away you go. No, it's not like sitting down at a piano and saying, well, here's the scale of C major. Ding, 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 ding. Thank you very much. I'm off now to play some avant-garde jazz. Doesn't work like that. If you're relearning how to walk with incredibly bad balance, and I speak from experience here, or you're relearning how to grip something with your affected limbs, and I speak from experience here, then your mobility, your movement, isn't going to come back in a week or two, is it, if you think about it? No, it's going to take time, and it's going to take effort, and it's going to take huge amounts of time and an incredible amount of effort. But as the great Louis Armstrong once said about playing the trumpet, what you put in is what you get out. Well, he might have said what you put in anyway. But what you put in is what you get out. And that's so true with making improvements after brain attack, after stroke. What you put in is what you get out. And as I may have said in the previous episode, there are no guarantees, of course, about your level of success either. But that's the same as if you're an athlete or musician. There's no guarantee after all the effort that I'll be an elite athlete or become a professional musician. None at all. I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a try. So attitude and mindset 
is paramount. You have to go into this believing that you can. So this this sentence in, in Peter Levine's book about athletes and musicians making the best improvements really resonated with me before my brain attack, before my stroke, I was earning my living as a drummer, musician. So my hours, days, weeks and years spent learning something called the drum rudiments, which entailed lots of boring, repetitive stickings, gradually building up speed, gradually building up stamina, gradually building up strength. All of that has paid dividends for my post-stroke improvements. I don't mean obviously actually drumming, but simply, excuse me, simply the mental approach that was needed to improve as a musician has helped me improve after my brain attack. If you have a mindset, which is, I'm going to sit down and learn how to do this thing. And this thing to learn it properly is going to take months possibly years, then that's a good mindset to have with regard to your brain injury recovery. So just to flesh this out a bit and give you an idea about where I'm coming from, I mentioned this thing, the drum rudiments. They're basically the drumming equivalent of scales for a tuned instrument. Now, originally there were 26 of these drum rudiments, I think it's about 40 now, but Let's stick with 26 because there happens to be 26 letters of the alphabet. And before you can talk and write properly with the alphabet, you've got to learn all the individual letters first. You've got to recognize them, look what they look like, the order that they come in, and then how to rearrange them in different sequences in order to create words. And then after you've done that, you've got to then learn how to rearrange the words into sentences. So you start with 26 letters, you end up with War and Peace by Tolstoy. And it's the same thing with drum rudiments. They're basically combinations of single strokes and double strokes, mainly. As an example, there's something called a single paradiddle, which is right, left, right, left, sorry, (laughs) if only I could play the damn thing, it'd be right, left, right, left, see, this is what happens, the brain goes, I'll have a break here and come back. I was trying to explain about a single paradiddle, which I've been playing for years, but apparently can't articulate. Anyway, (laughs) it's right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. And played evenly on like that on a one, two, three, four count. Right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. Not right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. No, it's got to be even. So you need to learn that and then do it faster and faster and faster until it becomes kind of like a roll. And that's just one out of 26 of these things. Takes years, trust me. So lots of repetitive, boring tasks, just like making improvements after a brain attack. And any of you who've worked with a physio 
physiotherapist, I'm sure will understand what I'm talking about. And the other thing that resonated about this sentence about athletes and musicians is that in my youth, I was actually quite good at sport. Um, Cricket was my game. My dad played professionally in England. And I remember as, oh, I don't know, probably about 10, 10 years old, my dad took me to a cricket pitch, placed three stumps at one end of the pitch and three at the other. He then placed a handkerchief on the spot he wanted me to pitch the ball, one handkerchief at one end, one handkerchief at the other end. And I then spent several hours bowling and trying to hit the handkerchief. Yeah, exactly. How boring can you get? But I went on to play in a district under 19 team at the age of just 16 before then music took over as my hobby of choice. But being able to bowl accurately was the result of many, many hours of practice and effort. It just didn't happen by chance or just after a few weeks of effort. And I, I thought about all this repetition and effort stuff uh, uh, an awful lot when resolutely following the various physiotherapy programs I was given after my brain attack. And the question for me was, well, just how much physiotherapy do you need in order to reach a level where you consider yourself to be a functioning human being again? And, and how long will that take? And I see these types of questions very often on Facebook survivors groups. And of course, the answer to those questions is, is, is highly subjective because it depends so the level of mobility that I would like to achieve is, is different to everybody else's, as of course theirs is to mine. As, as a drummer, I'd probably like more coordination and fine muscle movement in my hands than the average person. Contrary to uh, popular belief, drumming is all about dexterity and strength in the fingers and wrists. Nothing to do with the arms really at all. And also my days of, of playing sport are pretty much behind me, so I don't have the need to be able to run. But a younger person than myself might have a bigger, de bigger desire to be able to run. And so their objectives behind their making improvements are completely different to mine. The question then becomes, well, how much practice, effort do we as individuals need to make for our necessary level of improvements. We talked about the Peter Levine Stronger After Stroke book. There's another book called Outliers by an author called Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks about the 10,000 hour rule. And his theory is that in order to become world-class at something needs 10,000 hours of deliberate practice. That, that means some kind of structured practice or training regime is followed as opposed to just randomly doing a thing. I read this and I thought, well, just for fun, let's do a little hypothetical exercise, a little thought experiment, if you will. Let's apply the 10,000 hour rule to rehabilitation improvement after brain attack. Now, us survivors have got brain damage, so our usual neural pathways have probably been disrupted or at least permanently damaged. Now we need to retrain the brain to create new neural pathways, which is called neuroplasticity. 
And when we accept all of this, we then really see the enormity of the task ahead of us. Now, I'm not suggesting that we want to become world class at any particular activity, just that to get to a reasonable standard at anything requires a huge amount of effort over a prolonged period of time. Now, to put this into some kind of perspective, if we assume that a normal working week is 38 hours and a normal working year is about 48 working weeks, so we've got a four-week holiday, then 10,000 hours amounts to a full-time job for over five years. Which is really what improvement following brain attack is. It's, it's a full-time job. Very few of us, of course, can devote 38 hours a week to the task, mainly because we've got a brain injury and we're limited in what we can do. I reckon, as an example, my average is probably five hours a week. Love to be able to spend more time, but my fatigue levels just won't let me. A toddler learning to walk and then run with a good degree of ability takes years to do and a lot of practice. So making improvements after brain injury is no different. If we look at this another way, if this improvement thing following brain attack was a hobby and we could spend, let's say, 10 hours a week at it, then 10,000 hours becomes just over 19 years. Now, this is, of course, all theory to become world class. But I think it's fair to say that if you take those numbers and apply them to rehabilitation for brain injury survivors, then realistically, we're talking about many, many years of effort and practice to try to regain our mobility and function. Day in, day out, week in, week out. And as we may have said in a previous podcast, no guarantees, of course. I would actually suggest to you that it never ends. It's a journey, not a destination. It's ongoing. Might not want to hear that, but that's what I believe. So in summary, then, my simple message to all you fellow brain injury, brain attack, stroke survivors out there is that you really have to put in a lot of work over a very long period of time before you start to see any meaningful improvements, not just little minor little things here and there, but anything meaningful and major. And from my experience, I've discovered that if you ease off what you're doing at any point, you start to slip back. So you have to keep putting the work in, in order to maintain mobility, which I suggest, again, makes sense with the musician and the athlete. Somebody has an injury and they go backwards. They don't just start off after six weeks out, they don't just start off back where they were. They have to put in an awful lot of work to get back to where they were previously. So really, we have to treat this improvement lark, rehabilitation lark, as a job. It, it's... It's your life you're trying to reclaim, after all. So not a bad job to have, really, albeit unpaid. 10,000 hours, five years of full-time work, 19 years of hobby time. Bit of a sobering thought. We live in a world of instant gratification. It's part of the issue. Download this song in a few seconds, order this thing online today, be delivered tomorrow, want it, buy it, get it, got it. So the idea of working towards 
very long-term goals, taking a long period of time and the amount of effort required, that, that can be quite hard to uh, grasp in the modern day and age. Surely, surely there's a pill I can take and just everything's better? Yeah. Um, bottom line, it's hard work and there aren't any shortcuts. Uh, a family doctor who I had a great deal of respect for, as well prior to my stroke, once said to me, use it or lose it. And I think he's absolutely right. So that's it for now. And uh, as I said earlier, in the next podcast, I'll be looking further into neuroplasticity and what it means for us brain attack survivors. I'll give you a clue. What it means is learning. Um, please, if you get the chance, visit brainattackmusic.com. Find out more about uh, the project. And if you want to, follow me on social media. Until then, look after yourself, take care, and keep on keeping on. Bye for now. <laughs>